Welcome to the Leverage to Scale show. I'm Amber Vilhauer, founder and CEO of LeverageToScale.com, brought to you by NGNG Enterprises, standing for No Guts, No Glory. We work with purpose-driven business owners to develop their online platform and scale their influence. We believe that you have the opportunity to positively change the world one relationship at a time. Stick around to the end of the show in about 20 minutes and I'll reveal how you can be our next guest on one of the fastest growing marketing podcasts. Let's go. So this morning I have Michael Levitt with Breakfast Leadership. Good morning, Michael. Good morning. Great to be with you today. Absolutely. I didn't think about this, but this is super appropriate because it's like, you know, 8.30 in the morning, my time, and we're going to discuss breakfast leadership. So tell me a little bit about what you do. I launched Breakfast Leadership a few years ago uh, to address a problem that I noticed was happening, and it was something that mm-hmm. I had had in my own life years before that, is the topic of burnout. Uh, we're mm-hmm. seeing burnout cases increasing dramatically, and even during the time of this recording, we're in the middle of a pandemic, and we're seeing burnout cases increase, which... Mm-hmm. It first caught me by surprise because I thought, well, with people spending more time at home, maybe they would be able to relax a little bit more and just take life a little bit easier. But unfortunately, what we're seeing is the exact opposite, where Mm. a recent study from Monster.com indicated that 7 out of 10 people identify as being burned out. Mm. That is an epidemic in the middle of a pandemic, which Mm. is a bad situation. So I launched an organization to bring awareness to burnout the signs of burnout for people to be able to identify what burnout is and most importantly, figure out ways to prevent it from reoccurring in their life or recovering from burnout if they are stressed out. Hmm. Okay. So when, how long have you been doing this? I launched the organization in 2016. My own personal burnout journey took place between 2009 and 2010, which When I share that story, uh, people realize, okay, now we know why you're so passionate about this particular particular subject matter. Would you be willing to share your burnout story with us? Of course. It would be a pretty bad interview if I didn't say that. That would be like, what? what So so I'll I'll, I'll keep it as brief as I can. So back, it started a little bit earlier than 2009. So we'll say 2007, I started as a healthcare executive for a startup healthcare organization Mm. just outside of Windsor, Ontario, Canada. I'm a dual citizen, uh, born in the Detroit area, but immigrated to Canada in 2004. Mm. Uh, So this was a brand new organization. I was responsible for recruiting physicians, staff, negotiating a site relocation at the last second, educating Mm. the community on why our medical clinic was better than the existing clinics in town and just working and working. And I was pretty much working all day and all night, seven days a week from 6 Mm. a.m. to 11 p.m., sending and receiving emails, doing all kinds of different things. And of course, we know that's not sustainable, but I didn't realize that back then. And with those events and the stress of working in a high-pressure job and doing all the things I did, it it all came to a crashing halt starting in May of 2009. So Mm. over a period of 369 days from May 2009 to May 2010, the following things happened to me. I had a heart attack that should have killed me. And then 17 weeks later, I lost my job during the economic recession. We remember that recession pretty well for many of us. And then shortly after that, 
my car was repossessed because when you're not working and you're paying a thousand dollars a month for heart medication, you can't pay other bills. And of course the bank did what they were supposed to do. They said, well, if you're not going to pay, we're going to take it back. Right. And then finally in May, 2010, uh, my house was foreclosed. So heart attack, job loss, car repossession, home foreclosure, Mm. all in a year. Um, And all of those things happened because I was burned out. I wasn't taking care of myself. Mm. My dietary choices were consisting of speaking into a a microphone and driving around the corner (laughs) and getting handed a brown bag for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And Mm -hmm. that was because I wasn't giving myself enough time to actually eat something nutritious that was good Mm. for me and I wasn't sleeping well. All the things and all the signs that people face with burnout – I was yep. the poster child for it and very fortunate to be alive for one and have been able to recover quite nicely from all of those other losses. Mm. Uh, and, and it took time, but yeah. that's why I launched the business is because after I rebuilt my life and got things back to the state that I wanted it to be in, I started looking around and I was still in the healthcare sector at that particular mm. point. And I was looking at my peers and I'm going, Oh no, there's mm. so many people that are going down the same road that I was going down and yeah. what in the world is this going to be like if all of these people start going through these similar situations that I had. So mm-hmm. I, I needed to do something about it. So I launched the organization and been writing about it, launched my own podcast show back in 2017, speak on stages across the globe, albeit virtually right now, <laughs> uh, you know, doing a ton of speaking uh, actually got three events this week. Uh, mm. and I actually went and mapped it out if I had to fly to all of these events and how I would coordinate it if I actually had to fly to all right. these events, uh, which was an interesting experience. I was able to do it, uh, but I'm thankful that uh, I, I don't have to travel too much for that. So that's a bit of a backstory about what happened to me and why I do the work that I do because burnout is the worst thing ever. It robs people of their joy and their fulfillment and, mm. and quit experiencing life because they're just so tired and fatigued and stressed out that they just become quite frankly numb uh, to life as we know it. Wow. So how, what are some of the ways that you're working with people right now? You're speaking, you have the podcast. What are some other ways? Uh, Working with organizations that bring me in to talk about their teams, Mm. if they're stressed or burned out. The key component with that though, is you have to have buy-in from the Mm -hmm. C-suite all the way down because if it's just the staff that feel that they're burned out in the C-suite, right. not on board with it, you're not going to get anywhere because you need to have a complete collaborative effort on addressing why are people mm. burning out in your organization? Why are people stressed? What's going on? Because it does flow down. I've worked with C-suite executives and I find after working with them, I look at their teams and they caught the burnout bug as well. Mm. And it's because it just it tends to flow down and Oftentimes, employees will emulate their leaders and what they're yeah. doing. So if mm-hmm. your leaders are burned out and stressed and sending emails all day and all night and constantly working, then they're going to be dealing with the same thing as well. And I also work uh, from time to time with individuals as well, depending on on their situation. Uh, just recently launched an online course to, just to increase yeah. access to people to deal with this yeah. burnout. We're seeing, as I indicated earlier, a significant spike in burnout, working from home burnout yeah. is a real thing because 
on average, Americans have traded their commute time to work time. So they're working yep. about 20% more than they were before the pandemic. And, and when I looked at that first, I'm like, where did they find the extra time? Did they find that 27 hour <laughs> clock we've all been looking for? Yeah. No, that's not the case. What they did is literally they've rolled out of bed and started working instead of yep. getting out of bed, getting cleaned up, making coffee or tea, and then commuting yep. to work and then vice versa. They yep. just blurred it all in and toss in many people were full-time school teachers now as well. Mm, yep. Been a really difficult situation for so many people and there are ways to navigate around it, but you have to establish some boundaries on how you spend your time and prioritize things. And I think that's one area where I notice a lot of people really struggle with is they don't have clear boundaries around how they spend their time yeah. and what they do and have a hard shut off to when work is done in the day. I think people just blend it in with everything else and that's not sustainable in the long term. No, for sure. What are some of the boundaries that you've seen from people who have successfully navigated this time period, maybe without burnout or maybe not as much burnout? A few things. One, open communication with their employers and employers mm. need to recognize and employers are facing the same challenge because you know, yeah. your boss has a life outside of work, hopefully, maybe, may not be, <laughs> but they supposedly do. Right. But have that communication with them saying, look, I single parent teaching my kids Mm -hmm. to work out some ways to figure out how to sort this out. I need to have a hard stop time and and work with it. And the same thing with the schools. And I know a lot of educators and I'm speaking at a teacher conference this week. So if they're watching this or they see this, uh, they they may be mad at me and pull the plug on it. But, uh, but (laughs) I tell parents, quit trying to be a perfect teacher. Yeah. You're not, unless you are an educator. Don't uh, stick with the basics. What are the lessons that your yep. child needs to learn right now in the grade that they're in? So when school starts back up in the fall, whether it's virtual, in person, combo thereof, that they haven't missed out on much. And yeah. I, I think part of it, and, and again, educators might be mad at me at this, but when things shut down in March, so we, most kids missed maybe the last two or three months of school. Right. That time of school year tends to be a winding down anyway. Yep. So they didn't miss a lot. I mean, did right. they miss some? Of course. Sure. But I think, I think curriculum can be adjusted to say, okay, we're going to do a review of what we missed on there. Absolutely. And okay. And I think everybody involved needs to come to the grips saying we can't be perfect in any of this right now. We're in the middle of a pandemic. This is something that none of us have ever faced before. So it's a new frontier. Quit being perfect. Be good enough. Communicate with your bosses. Communicate with your family. Communicate with your clients. Ask your Mm -hmm. clients, what do you need from us right now? Yes, we know we are working on this big project and we're going to do all these things. Putting that to the side right now because we need to focus on what do you need right now? And for the most part, it's pretty simple for most organizations. So stick with simple. We can work on those other things. We will get out of this pandemic. It may not feel like it may feel like that this year has been a full decade, but it's, we're, you know, we're only a few, we're almost towards the tail end of the year, but it's been, it's been long. I am, I'm not trying to diminish that, but we'll get through this and we'll come out of it with some new lessons, new things that we've picked up and hopefully some new 
better techniques and focus on our self-care and yeah. prioritizing our time first because we're no good to anybody if we're burned out. We're not right. good employees. We're not good family members. We're not good friends because if we don't take care of ourselves, we're not going to be able to take care of anything else. Absolutely. Um, one of the things that I've found through this season that's pretty interesting is this is a long year, right? I think everybody can agree with that. I think though, sometimes it feels like it's going to be forever and reminding ourselves that this is a time period, whether it's for the kids or our job or whatever, like we're not going to have to balance this, all of this for eternity. We have this time period now where it is a long time, but not the rest of our lives. So for myself, that's helped create like at least a little bit of peace around the boundaries that are different in my life right now than when I normally go into work or do different things. So it's helpful. And I, this came to mind the other day with me is as a society, we are very used to instantly getting things. We can Mm -hmm. instantly watch a movie on Netflix or Disney plus or whatever. Right. We can instantly order food. We -hmm. can instantly order tickets to the movies. We can order things online. Everything we do, we can do pretty quickly. We can get a lot of things done because technology and society is moving at that pace. Where we're struggling with this is we should be done with this by now. It should only last a couple of weeks. It's it's like Groundhog Day. It keeps repeating. And we keep seeing the number of cases in, in certain states increasing. That will change over time, hopefully sooner than later. But yep. I, I agree with you. It it feels like this is just this long, drawn-out thing because it's so <laughs> different than what we typically experience in things being instant. You know, there's yeah. beginnings and ends of seasons and sports or movies have a start and end or television shows yeah. have a start and end. We, we're like, okay, let, let's get to the closing. Let's, let's finish this. <laughs> I agree. I'm with you on that. I want this done and behind us, but absolutely now it's not. And there's a lot of factors and a lot of debate on how to do it, but eventually it's just, yep. Follow the guidelines, wash your hands, (laughs) you know, this, those simple things and don't gather in large groups. And there's all the things that they've been telling us. And in certain parts of the world, they've followed that and it worked and, certain yeah. parts, not so much. So yeah. it's, it's, it's a learning process for all of us. Absolutely. In way of, in addition to boundaries, what are some of the other habits that you're seeing people use successfully to avoid burnout during this time or in addition I, I, to this time? I, I think, you know, the boundaries is a big one, but I think just prioritizing taking care of yourself, going mm-hmm. in life in a, a better pace and yeah. One thing that I notice a lot of people that are burned out stop doing is doing the things that they enjoy. And one mm-hmm. of the exercises I have people do at workshops or you know, working one-on-one or with teams is what I call the bucket list. And we, mm-hmm. we've heard the bucket list of all the things we want to do. Well, this one is, these are things that we do, that we've enjoyed doing, we yeah. love doing. And it's a list of, I have them take a sheet of paper and on the left side, list all the things that they enjoy doing in life, whether it's going to their favorite coffee shop, mm-hmm movies, out to dinner with friends, going to sporting events, concerts, whatever. Just be as robust on this list as possible. And after a few minutes after they list those things, on the right side of those items, I have them write down the last time they did those things. Mm. And when I do this in an audience, I tend to hear a lot of moans and groans. (laughs) Realize 
they haven't been doing the things that they love to do. Hmm. And of course, I'll ask the question that I know the answer to. It's like, well, why haven't you been doing these things? Well, I don't have time. Yes, you do. We all get that same 24. It's how you prioritize how you spend your time. And hmm. you need to build in time blocks in your schedule because there's no employer, because there's labor laws that prevent this. There's no employer that has you working 24-7. It's, just, it's against the law. And report them if they're making you do that. Right. You have time. You have to prioritize. It may cut into four hours of Netflix tonight, or it may cut into <laughs> these other things. But figure out what you like to do yeah. and pick two or three of those things and put it on your calendar every week. And I tell people, Book it and don't reschedule it. Treat it yeah. as if it's the most important meeting you've ever had in your life with your boss because ultimately the boss of your life is you. Mm-hmm. You're your own boss. You need to do these things. And when you don't, life starts to take a toll. And and sometimes too, and I know especially during this pandemic, there's some financial constraints that many people are facing. Sure. But I've seen these lists and people share them with me and, and I look at them and a lot of them, those things can be done in less than 20 minutes and cost less than 15 or $20. So right. It's not grand cruises and going, you know, touring the Riviera or anything like right. that. It's just having coffee at this little bistro, you know, down the street. Go. Find 10 or 15 minutes, go sit there and just be, you know, don't, don't play with this thing. Um, just sit there and, and actually taste the coffee, you know, be in the moment. I think that's a big thing where I find people that are taking charge of this pandemic and being really helpful to themselves is, yes, there, there's a lot of things that we haven't been able to do, but there's still things that we can. Yeah, focus on those things that they can. And I I find that people that are navigating through this situation so much easier are still doing the things that they enjoy doing as much as they can. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now that you've been doing breakfast leadership for about four years, what were the hard moments? Hard moments for me, I think initially were just figuring out who do I want to work with? Who are are the people that I connect with? And my background and my career has been pretty diverse. I originally was in accounting and finance, and then Mm. I was in IT leadership, and then executive leadership and nonprofit leadership. So I've bounced around in my career, and I've been very fortunate to have a ton of experience. But I needed to figure out who did I want to work with. Mm. And so that was the biggest struggle at first was I need to narrow down who I work with because and this is one of the challenges, especially in my speaking situation over this year, I've had a ton of speaking events and it's been across so many different sectors and entrepreneur one-on-one they tell you is, you know, you need to narrow down your niche and pick one particular field. You can work with others, but you pick one. And I I look at my speaking schedule and I go, I'm trying, but Women engineering, healthcare, IT, finance, teachers. I it's it, it's like you're looking at the list. What kind of career do you want? You, you it's all the check boxes. I'm I'm, yeah. I'm I'm hitting most of them. It's because burnout is happening and all of those mm-hmm. things. So for me, I'm like, well, I tailor my conversations and my talks to them. You know, I've got education yep. this week. I've got an HR one and a podcast summit at the end of the week. So nice. all the talks similar concepts, but specific to their 
those people because that's what they're looking for. It's like, how can I take this information, apply it to what I'm doing in this sector to Mm. fix it? So that was the biggest challenge was just kind of narrowing down that in a secondary challenge that I know a lot of new startups face is trying to do too much at once. Mm. And of course, being the burnout guy, you don't want to burn yourself out. So (laughs) I had to prioritize. I'm like, okay, what is important for me and what can I accomplish right now? What are the two or three things that I can work on today? No more than that. And that's another thing where a lot of entrepreneurs get in trouble is they get some momentum. Like, all right, I've got three things done. I'm going to take this momentum and keep working all day. And once in a while, okay, but if you make that your normal go-to, then you're right. going to be a burned-out entrepreneur, and that's not going to help anybody. Either A, mm-hmm. you're not going to be successful, or B, you will be, and you'll be too tired to enjoy it, and yeah. that's that's a tragedy that I, I want to help people avoid. Mm, absolutely. How can our community jump on board and support you? Yeah, best way to find me is uh, breakfastleadership.com. Or on social media, you can look up at Be Fast Leadership. Do mm. not put that on a license plate. Um, <laughs> please don't like seeing the word fast on plate. So <laughs> hashtag breakfast leadership. You tend to find some stuff there. Um, on the website, you can get links to my blog, to my podcast, all kinds of different things. There's a new online course that I, I think I alluded to earlier mm. up towards the top of the homepage. You can click on courses and it can take you there and um, you can take a look at that. If, if your audience is interested in that, if they use the discount code 90 N I N E T Y, they get 90% off of the course. Uh, Cause I want to nice. make it affordable for people to get yeah. access, especially at this time. Cause I know financial situations for many are uh, a big challenge. So, mm. uh, Go in there and just hit you know discount code ninety and they'll they'll be able to get the course. So it's for like twenty nine bucks, so it's um, wow. you know, relatively it's four trips to six bucks, I think. So um, quite affordable for people. So uh, that's the best way to find me and you know reach out to me and uh, be more than happy to have conversation with with anybody to help them you know navigate through this burnout journey. Mm, excellent. Well, Michael, thank you so much for joining me today. It was a pleasure. Thank you very much. so much for listening to the Leverage to Scale show. If you are a purpose-driven business owner or professional who would like to have a global impact by being interviewed on our show, please visit leveragetoscale.com forward slash guest. Now, if you got something out of this interview, would you do me a favor and share this episode on social media? Just do a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to a friend or post it on your favorite social network. If you do that, just be sure to tag us with a hashtag leverage to scale. Each month, we scour Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, and pick one winner from each platform. What do you win? We are going to promote you and your business to all of our social media fans totally free. Next, if you thought this was a valuable use of your time, please support the show and give us a thumbs up or a rating and review. We promise to read it all and take action. I believe that every person has a message that can positively impact the world. Your feedback helps us fulfill that mission. And while you're at it, hit that subscribe button. My name is Amber Vilhauer, and I thank you so much for your time. Let's connect on your favorite social channels. Thanks for listening. Thank you for being a part of the No Guts, No Glory movement.